0: Well, this past Sunday evening, I still don't have all the reasons why, but for some, some strange reason that only God will reveal to me in eternity, on about midday Sunday last week, I look over at my wife and I say, you know what? I'm really craving this quesadilla that I only can get at Mandalay Bay. And I said, let's go to that restaurant there. We haven't been there in years but let's just go check it out. And we decided last Sunday evening to drive over to Mandalay Bay with, with my family and, and grab a, a, a quesadilla. And when we got home later that evening to start getting text messages and seeing news reports and social media outlets, just promoting what just happened <laughs> where we were. Just blew my mind. And at that point, there was so much speculation as to what was going on. There was so much chaos. And no one seemed to know what to do. And the following morning, when it was pronounced that over 50 people had passed away, that hundreds upon hundreds of people were, were hospitalized, I began to see this phrase everywhere. Simply put, pray. Las Vegas and I thought that that was just a powerful reminder that when tragedy hits we don't turn away from God but even our city and our nation and our world is wise enough to know we turn to God because when we can't handle it with our own strength and we can't that has been proven we turn to him in a spirit and passion for prayer and I began to see pray for Las Vegas all around social media and we we did a search 50,000 times a day over this past week the phrase hashtag pray for Vegas has been floating around in social media world 50,000 times a day that's a lot of people using their voice to say pray for Las Vegas I remember driving down the strip which is a very sombering feeling right if you've done that and you can see still see these windows open and it's devastating it's devastating it's heartbreaking but yet on the the vegas screens which once promoted the 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 next nightclub event happening this evening you see this phrase in all caps pray on aria's hotel screen on on mandalay bay's hotel screen all down the strip up and down pray for vegas delivering this message that we need to be a city that's united around the subject of prayer. Then I saw that in Paris, France, they, they dim the lights on the Eiffel Tower as a response to what happened in las vegas and that france is praying for las vegas and then israel lit up their hospital and put the flag on it and to say we are standing beside what's going on in las vegas praying for las vegas and all around the nation i'm seeing people mobilized to pray for las vegas and there was a moment this week church where i got on my knees and i said thank you god that you are mobilizing the world to pray for our city i've been waiting for this moment i hate that it has had to happen on the heels of a tragedy, but then God spoke something dear to my heart. And I just want to share with you what God placed on my heart. It wasn't an audible voice. Sometimes God, when you're, when you're talking to him in prayer, God will just place an idea in your mind. God will just drop a thought on you. And if you ask him to do that, he will. You just got to be ready for it. And God placed something in my heart, and here's what it, here's what it was. It was a question, and it was this do my people know what to pray for Las Vegas? So it's one thing, I I was reminded, it's one thing to have hundreds and hundreds of thousands and maybe even millions of people praying for Las Vegas. But I said, I don't want us to just pray for Las Vegas. I want to pray effective prayers for Las Vegas, right? I don't want our prayers to just stop at the ceiling. I don't want to just pray for the city. And I definitely don't want it just to be a cool hashtag I want us to pray the right prayers for Las Vegas. Pray for Vegas could mean a thousand different things to a thousand different people. But what if we were praying God prayers to Vegas about Vegas? What if we were praying biblical prayers about our city and then I decided to get around our our ministry team and I just said, "You know what? What, what are the right prayers to pray for our city right now? And how can it, at the very minimum, walk church, and maybe those who would see this message online, how could they know to not just pray for Vegas, but to pray specific for Las Vegas? And that's what I want to design the message around today, is that when we humble ourselves and we come together and we join as a church family and say, we're going to make a commitment to pray for our city, specific prayers, the promise that God will hear us and heal us is true let me give you guys just one verse of scripture that will lead us into our prayer emphasis today second chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 maybe you're familiar with this verse if not you need to be and i'm gonna familiarize you with it now all right if you're ready stay ready, ready. amen second chronicles 7 14 god himself says if my people it's a big word if right it says if you do this something is going to change if my people who are called by my name. I think it, today this verse would be referring to his church. Will humble themselves. That just, all that just basically says is God you before me. God I agree that you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> God I trust your voice over my voice. I trust your word over my word. I trust your plan over my plan. That's what humility is. Pride is just saying, I trust my voice over your voice. I trust my decision over your decision. That's what pride is, and God opposes the proud, but he gives grace and listens to the humble. He says, humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. He promises this. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Does that sound like something we need? I don't know about you, church, but for me, I, I, I would love for God to demonstrate lavish grace upon our city and provide forgiveness and provide healing for our land. I believe we need that today more than ever, and that's why it's important for us to seek his face, for us to humble ourselves, for us to turn from sin and pray like we've never prayed before. I wanna give you guys, our family here, this, this prayer acronym, that I believe would be helpful for us today. I want us to use the word pray, and I wanna take that, those letters piece by piece apart, and we'll start with the letter P, all right? And here's what P stands for when we pray specific prayers for Las Vegas. Here's what P stands for, pray for people. Let's, let's pray for people. I love how, I don't love it. I'm actually burdened by it. How, how when I travel, and maybe some of you have experienced this as well, when I traveled, I was just in Dallas. And then before that, I was in North Carolina. And, and, and people, multiple occasions say, so like, do people live in Las Vegas? What? Isn't it just hotels and gambling? Like, like people wouldn't do that either. But still, yes, there's, there's real people that live in our city with real jobs and real homes and real schools and real families and real churches. yes. So people just think they're praying for the city, but they need to be praying for people. What people should we be praying for right now, church? We should be praying for the 58 victims and their families, those who have lost their life, who, who last Sunday at this time were awake and alive and excited to go to a concert in Las Vegas. And this Sunday morning, they're no longer with us. Their families need prayer. Their jobs need prayer. Their coworkers need prayer. Their teammates need prayer. The moms and the dads and the sons and the daughters and the mom who passed away who had three kids. And the only blurb that you read about her was she was a great mom. Those kids need to be praying. Don't just say, All right, I'm praying for Las Vegas. Say, God, I want to pray for the first kid. And I pray that they'll come to you because of this. God, I pray for the second kid and that you would just rescue their little heart right now. God, I pray for the third kid. Pray for people, amen? Don't just pray for for the victim's families, but we want to pray for them on, on, on first response. But let's also pray for our first responders as well. And our brave, heroic police officers in our city and our metro team that was on duty right there, that, that was ready to make a move and be there to protect and provide any type of help they could. And one of our officers in our church, Isaiah Simmons, he, he, we, we were on the text with him that night. We said, hey, are you okay? Are you down there? And he said, I'm not down there. I'm with my family. And then uh, 10 minutes later, he said, I just got the call. I'm on my way. And we began, that's when prayer got to be more serious, right? <laughs> it wasn't just praying for you, bro. It's we praying for you, bro. Keep us updated. We're praying for your wife. We're praying for your family. We're praying for our first responders. As I mentioned with the gift card, um, let's be praying for our hospital staff. As it was just a regular night working, they were already working on enough people. And think about near 500 people are injured. Bullet wounds, metal in their feet, trauma real deal real deal stuff now flooding into hospitals we don't got time for insurance this person got shot (laughs) there's video clips we need to be praying for them and the 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 workers and the staff workers who i was getting reports they've never seen anything like this and we know some of these people don't we and let's be praying for those people working tireless hours to try to bring help, bring healing, bring protection. Let's be praying for our leaders. Let's be praying for real people in our city. Let's be praying for churches, amen? Amen. Churches that are on the scene working and ready to help and serve and, and, and meet the needs of the prayers of the people. That God's church, that's what we've been praying. We've been praying that we'd be the hands and the feet of Jesus Himself during this time in our city. We pray for people. If you, if you haven't just read the names of the 58 people, that could be your prayer list. Just go on Google and say, Who are the victims in Las Vegas? and look at their faces. And that could be your prayer list. Pray for those people and their families and their connection and those who are closest to them pray for the staff at mandalay bay who had no idea what was going on they were just trying to help i pray for the man who stole somebody's truck and started putting people in the truck and taking them to the hospital like pray for that man out of multiple areas right <laughs> you know like pray for forgiveness for the person's truck he stole <laughs> like hey i understand all right just bring me back the keys we'll be all right that, that really happened Pray for the cab driver who just was pulled up and then people opened his doors and said, get us to the hospital. That that, that guy's going to be thinking about that for a long time. There was a lady at the school that my wife works at at Hope Christian Preschool who came in and just began crying and and weeping and sharing her heart. And she was so affected by this. And here's why. Because she was supposed to go to the concert but didn't. Because of a, a change of plans. But let me tell you something if you think that that's not a reason to be burdened and be sad talk to her about that she's broken she, she's i could have been there i should have been there i know people that were there pray for the valet parkers at mandalay bay who parked this man's car and now we're devastated by that pray for the people who are cleaning the hotel rooms we have people in our church that manage hallways and staff and, and people that, that clean the beds and, and, and work in the hotel. We can pray for these people, can't we? Like, I really believe when we put, we, we, we put people on God's heart, he begins to move. God says, those who draw near to me, I will draw near to you. God says, those who come to me and seek me, they will find me. Those who knock on my door, it will be opened. And we can come before God and not just pray for the city, but pray for the people in our city. Here's a few verses that I want you to pray for the people in our city. I want us to start praying Psalm 34, verse 18, over the people in our city. Read this off the screen. We Ready? One, two, three. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I want you to pray that God would be near right now. I want you to pray that when I pray for these people, I'm praying that God just wouldn't be their God. He would be near to them and dear to them and that people would feel God jump right in the mix of what they're going through on their hospital bed. That God would be in the room with them. He'd be in the home with them. He would be at the hospital with them. He'd be at the hotel with them. That God would be near to them and not just be near to them but that he would save people through this that people would turn from their sin and turn to him and be saved because of what we're walking through. That, that people would say, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I'm so desperate, I'm devastated. Would you save me? I promise you when we pray those prayers, God always responds. God is a saving God and we can turn to him in this time. Let me give you another Psalm to be praying right now. Psalm 23, verse four is a powerful verse to be praying that during this time. And we've been talking about lessons in the life of David and how we can learn from David. But let's learn from David's prayer book. Did you know that David had a prayer journal? We're reading it. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Can you just see David going through a dark season of life and he pulls out his scroll and he gets his ink pen and he dips in. that's just how I imagine it, right? And he just says, God, you are with me. I won't fear any evil. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. I told you that that we should be praying for people that God would be near people, that God would save people, but not only that, that God would comfort people, that we need God to be the comforter that only he can be, that that God would take away fear in people's heart, That, that he would know he's with us that, that people would know that he is with them and he would remove that fear he would take that fear out and he would place comfort in people's hearts amen? amen would you pray that with me over people let me give you one more psalm to be praying for psalm 46 verse 1 that we can be praying as a church family let's read this off the screen as a declaration for what we believe psalm 46 1 ready god is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble I want us to pray this, that God would be a refuge for people that are affected by this tragedy. I did a search on the word refuge. I don't use the word refuge a lot in my vocabulary, but I really love this word. The, the definition for the re- word refuge is a place you can call home. A place where you can find safety. You know that there's a difference between a house and a home. Like you can live in a house, but that doesn't mean it's your home. A home is where you find presence, you find safety, you find protection, you find comfort, you find your home there. And and here's what David's praying. God's our home. God is where we find our protection. Pray for those affected by this that they would go to God for their refuge. But not just that, for their strength. How many know somebody by the show of hands that just needs to be strengthened right now? I know a lot of people that just need strength to hold on. I know there's people in our church. We had a prayer gathering this Wednesday evening and a a, a lady in our church began to share with us how how one of her friends is in critical condition right now. She needs strength. God is our strength. God is our refuge, but not just strength and refuge. He is our ever-present help in trouble. What does ever-present mean? You know what that means? He's always there. There's never a moment, never a moment, Look at me church there is never a moment where god isn't there he is always there to help us in our time of trouble and if you don't know this yet we are in that time right now and we need him to be our refuge we need to be our strength we need him to be our ever present help in our trouble so let's be praying these prayers over people amen what let me ask you this well, doesn't that just sound like a more powerful prayer instead of just saying pray for vegas we're praying for strength. We're praying for refuge. We're praying God would be near to people. We're praying that God would comfort people. We're praying God would strengthen people. I just get excited just saying that. Because when, when we'll start to see God do those things. I believe he will respond to the prayers, to the prayers of his people. Let me go ahead and lead us right now into our next letter. It's the, it's the R, it's an R word. We got P. So the the R word is this word, that we would be praying redemption over the city of Las Vegas. Redemptive prayers over the city of Las Vegas, that God would see this as a moment to redeem the city of Las Vegas. If you're not familiar with the word redeem, it's a powerful word that I want to just define for us. We can see it on the screen here. It means to buy back, to deliver, to rescue, to recover. That that we wanna be praying recovery prayers over the city of Las Vegas. We wanna be praying rescuing prayers over the city of Las Vegas. We wanna pray prayers of deliverance. I don't know about you, but I know people that need to be delivered from something. I know people that need to be restored and rescued and recover. It's gonna take a long time for our city to recover. CNN's gonna forget about us next week. We're not. We need recovery. We need recovery and it's recovery that's God-size, right? It's God-size recovery. And so let's go to him and let's pray redemptive prayers over Las Vegas. I want to give you a few scriptures. Again, we, let's continue learning from David. From Psalm 44, verse 26, I want to read this verse to you. David says, rise up. Come to our help, Lord. Have you ever prayed that prayer? With an exclamation point? You ever had a prayer journal where you're just like, all right, God, I was cool about it, but now I really need you to come help. Like, help me God God responds to those prayers here's what David prays redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love I think people need to see the love of Christ in our city more than ever today they don't I don't just want people to see the tragedy I want people to see God's steadfast love in the middle of the tragedy in the middle of the tragedy I'm hearing stories about wounded people that were at the concert that evening who were picked up by people and thrown into a vehicle and taken to the hospital. And this one person, uh, account that I heard said, who was that that picked me up? That lady that picked me up. And the person that was with them, they said, no one picked you up. I still believe in angels. I still believe that God can do miraculous things. I believe that God was right there at the concert while everything was going on and that he's there with us even today. I believe that he is. And I believe that he's going to do some redeeming work. And David says, rise up, come to our help, God, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Don't let people see my love, let people see his love and let people be attracted to that love and want that love in their own life. Let me give you another verse that comes from a a man by the name of Job. If you haven't read the book of Job, It's a a mighty fine book, but it's also challenging. Job was a man who went through trials. Job was a man who went through more trials than you could ever dream of. Job saw a lot of tragedy in his day. And here's one of the things that he writes in his book. He says, for I know that my Redeemer, capital R, lives. Do you know that? Can you stand with Job this this morning and say, I know my Redeemer lives. I do know that. My Redeemer hasn't died my, my redeemer actually rose from the grave. Amen. I, I know he can redeem my life. I know he can redeem our city. I know that he can buy it back with his blood and restore it and rescue it and deliver us in a fresh way. Because my redeemer lives. I bet you that it was hard for Job to write that. After Job lost his kids. After Job lost his marriage. After Job came down with diseases that are that are, that are worse than we could ever dream of. After Job lost his job, after Job lost all his, his animals, after Job lost his life and identity, he says, I know my Redeemer lives. Wow. And at the last, he will stand up upon the earth. I know that. And that's the type of prayers that I want to pray for our city. As we come before God, we don't just pray for Las Vegas. We pray for people in Las Vegas. And we don't just pray people in Las Vegas. We pray redemptive prayers over people in Las Vegas. Let me give you guys one more, one more psalm and then we'll continue to work through this acronym. Psalm 72, verse 12 through 14. David writes, for he delivers the needy when he calls. Can anybody attest that we're in need this morning? And maybe, you, maybe your need is not specific toward the, the, the tragedy that happened last Sunday, but your need is different. He is here for you today. He delivers the needy when he calls. So that's your first step is to call on him. The poor and, and him who has no helper, he has pity on the weak and needy and he saves the lives of the needy. What does he save them from? He saves them from oppression and violence. He redeems their life. And precious is their blood in his sight. I believe that this psalm is true this morning in the city of Las Vegas. Right now as as almost 90 people are still in their hospital beds recovering from this tragedy of evil that God sees even their blood as precious in his sight. And that God says, I I, want to redeem your life. I'm praying redemptive prayers over people. I'm praying that God would take people that walk through this tragedy And he would create platforms for redemption. He would create moments to speak about his good news. He would create opportunities to invite people to church and to sit next to you like you've never invited before. There's a moment in our city that we have right now that that people are looking, people are needy, people are desiring real help. People are oppressed. People are violent. And I love how God redeems their life. And precious is their blood in his sight. God, friends, God is with us. And he is a redeeming God. And he redeems us through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And he begins to use his church to be the redemptive vehicle in our city, in our nation, in our world for his glory. That's what God does. He's a redeeming God. Let me give you the next letter to be praying for our city. And this is the A word, awakening awakening. That we would be praying for people and that people would re- be redeemed by Jesus and that people would have a spiritual awakening like they've never had before. That, that people who are affected by this and even those who are not affected by this, that there'd be an awakening that I need God. There'd be a, a moment where it's just, you know what, I'm just kind of cruising through life and I'm awake now. I, I'm, I'm awake. I need to show up. I need to get involved i need to go to a charge group i need to get people around me i need to go i need to come back to jesus i need to pray for the first time in a long time i need to i need to seek his face i need to help somebody i need to give generously like i've never given before i need to i'm actually going to get a gift card for somebody who worked at a hospital i'm going to be a part of the rescue i'm going to be a part of the family who's being the life of the church in our city we need we need an awakening I want to give you just a couple verses to be praying around and thinking about when it comes to awakening out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Ephesians 5, the apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. We're actually preaching through the book of Ephesians right now. We're in chapter 1, so if you come back in a few years, we'll probably be at these verses, all right? But but I'll give you a sneak peek trailer, all right? Coming in 2019, verse 13. But when anything is exposed by the light... It becomes visible. A lot of things became visible this weekend. A lot lot of things became apparent about Las Vegas. One of the things that became apparent was that our city is big. That our city has awesome people in it. That our city has one of the best hospital staffs in the world. That our city has one of the best Metro PD departments in the world. Right? (laughs) That we we have the best churches in the world. I believe Las Vegas has the best churches in the entire world. The leaders in our city are kingdom leaders all over the city. There's no competition. We're in it for the kingdom. We want to see the city better because of our churches. Uh, I I believe that we have great sports teams. The Golden Knights are 2-0. Come on, somebody. Hey, I got a finger in the back. Come on, pastor, preach it, right? Um, Amen. That's right. Right? I believe that we live in the best city in the world. We do. We live in the greatest city in the world, we do. What a privilege and honor it is to raise my son in this city. I believe that. We have the best teachers in the world, I believe it. We got amazing teachers in our, in our church that we love. We do, amazing. But when anything is exposed by the light, there's been exposition that's happened. It becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Apostle Paul quoting scripture, he says, awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16, making the best use of the time. Say these words with me. Because the days are evil. Is that a prophetic word for today? The days we're living in church are evil. I get more and more convinced of that every day. We, we, we need to be praying about that. I was meeting with our ministry team this weekend and, and one of our leaders was talking about how there was, a, uh, there was a, uh, shooter threats in our schools. The days that we're living in our evil, we need to be on our knees making war in the spiritual realm. Coming before God, praying specific prayers and not just praying specific prayers but living in a specific way, living in a way that's wise. Look carefully how you walk at Walk Church, right? Walk family. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just examined your life? Have you ever just took the microscope and put it on yourself? Say, you know what? I just want to look carefully how I walk. I'm going to stop looking at how everybody else walks. I want to look at how I walk. And then after that, he says, don't walk as unwise, but as wise. How do you walk wisely? Maybe that's your question. Let me answer for you, by making the best use of the time that you have. Can you come into agreement with me that we don't know when our day is? We don't know when our time runs out. We don't know when the the salt shaker finishes up. But it's all going. Our bodies are decaying, says the Apostle Paul. Our our time is limited. James, the brother of Jesus, says that, that the days are short. He says that our life is like a vapor like a mist, a mist. Like I, I think of when it's cold outside and, and it doesn't get too cold in Las Vegas, but there's one day a year where it's cold enough where you, where you just go outside and you breathe and there's a little vapor that comes out and then it disappears, right? James says that's how long your life is. You can argue till the moon and bath, there's, there's one thing that every atheist and non-atheist agrees on, everybody dies. It's a 100% fact at some point. And with that said, we need to make the best use of our time. We don't want to be flippant and foolish with our time. Time is a gift from God. It's a precious gift from God. And and, and I think we saw that this past weekend. And I just pray for a spiritual awakening. Would you join me in that church? Would you just begin to pray for a spiritual awakening? and, And not just a spiritual awakening outside, but inside, like, what if we had a spiritual awakening here at Walk Church that just was vibrant? We like, we went into this Christmas season just more spiritually alive than ever before. Like, what, what if that began to ooze out of the, this room into our city? And then coworkers saw you more awake than you've ever been. And then family members said, what's different about you? And you can say, I've been awakened to, to what God is doing. Wake up. Look at the person next to you and say, wake up someone really might need to be someone might have fell asleep during the message wake them up they need an awakening right now that's, that's biblical someone fell asleep on the Paul, apostle Paul's message and they, they fell out of the window and died and Paul went down and rose him from the dead so stop falling asleep while I'm preaching it's a, it's a real story wow Joey that's a real story bro that happened man (laughs) the person was Paul preached for 10 hours one day of course they fell asleep look look carefully then how he really did you got to read it look carefully then how you walk don't walk as unwise but walk wisely it's a good day to be in church there's a lot of cool stuff happening in church there's a lot of amazing stuff. Th- this past Thursday night, we had a charge group at my house. Every Thursday, we gather at my house for charge group. I know Pastor Dean told me how he had an amazing group at his charge group. Brandon Wade has an awesome group at his charge group. The student ministry gather on Thursday nights for their youth, t- youth group. And it, oh, crazy, awesome stuff's happening all around us. Pastor West told me he had an awesome group on Tuesday at his charge group. And we were gathering for these group times. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm glad I showed up. One, because it's at my house. Um, but, but I got to show up. But, but two, um, but two, like midway through the group, I'm like, man, this is really good. Like I needed to be around people. I really did. My mind at the moment probably might have said, you know what? I, I just, I, I, don't, I, I don't need to, to be a part of this right now. But my heart said, no, you need to be a part of it. Because you need one another. We begin to pray for one another. We began to eat with one another. We began to celebrate with one another. We begin to cry and be broken with one another. Begin to sing a song of worship with one another. And that's why we love charge groups so much because when you plug into a group, you get charged up. You really do. Sunday is awesome. We love Sunday. But charge group, we really see freedom happen in the group. So I encourage you to be awakened in this time. And to just be obedient. Here's how you know if you're awake or not. Can you hear God telling you to do something? If you do, do it. When God puts something on your heart, do it. Be awake. Be awake. Let me give you the last letter of the prayer, pray acronym. We have people. We have redemption. We have awakening. And the last Y word is this right here. It's your blank. All right? I want you to fill in the blank. I want you to fill in what, what, what the blank is. Because maybe it's your family. Right? Maybe it's your, your friends that you need to pray for. Maybe it's your, your nation that you need to pray for. I, I really know who we need to pray for. We need to pray for our leaders. It's a command from God himself. We don't have it on the screen here, but I want to read it to you from 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, all the way through verse 6. Paul writes to to a a pastor in training, Timothy. He says, I urge you. When when someone says, I urge you, that means they really mean it. There's an urge. I petition you. I, I, I plead with you. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Verse two, pray this way for kings. Pray this way for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Verse three, this is good and pleasing in God our Savior's eyes who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Verse five, for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. How about Jesus gave his life to purchase your freedom? That's why we're so passionate about freedom here. Our God gave his life so that we could be set free to walk in Jesus. He finishes, this is the message God gave to us, to the world at just the right time. I want us to pray for our leaders. Maybe, maybe you're not familiar with some of our leaders here in the city. I think we can be praying for our mayor. We can be praying for our governor. We can be praying for our president. We can be praying for our vice president. We can be praying for all the people that have authoritative roles in our nation. We can be praying for those who are leading the charge in those areas. But it's not what we can do. It's we're called to. We need to be let's stop complaining about things. Let's start praying about things, right? Let's stop saying, oh man, why is everything so bad? And let's just start praying these specific prayers. Well, are you praying for redemption? Are you praying for spiritual awakening? Are you praying for your leaders? Are you praying for your family? Are you praying for your friends? Are you praying for your coworkers? Whatever your blank is, that's what I encourage you to be praying for right now. My last one that I want you to be praying for with this right here is that you'd be praying for yourself, that you would be praying for yourself. Praying self-prayers. Let this be a time of reflection. Let this be a time of evaluation. Let this be a time of prayer where you just say, you know what, God, I need to start praying for myself. I need to get right with Jesus. I need to get right with the Lord. I need to, I need to be awakened. I need to be redeemed. I need to be redeemed. I'm a person. The strongest prayer you could pray this morning, I think today is for yourself. Matthew 5:14 says it like this, "You are the light of the world." A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Did you guys know our, our, our city is set on a hill? Do we have that verse Matthew 5:14? I want to show that verse if we can. Matthew 5:14 says this, "You, look at the person next to you and say you." And then say are, say are right I won't go through the whole thing but you are you are it doesn't say you might be it doesn't say one day maybe you will be it doesn't say you can be it says brother and sister it says you are the light of the world and our city has been set on a hill this week our city's always been set on a hill our city always has been glowing but this week more than ever Our city's been set on a hill. And I want us to be praying specific prayers for ourselves, for people, for awakening, for redemption, for whoever it is that's in your life, maybe who you're affected by, that you would be praying for them. Wouldn't it be awesome if you had just a reminder of this type of prayer on maybe like a card or something? But we got one for you. This is a prayer bookmark that we've made. Our ushers are gonna just go ahead and get ready and we're gonna give every one, of the, every one of you one of these right now. So ushers, if you guys wanna come down and get ready to give these bookmarks out, we're gonna pass these out to everybody in every row, we have enough for you. And here's what they say. It says P for people, it says R for redemption, it says A for awakening, it says Y for your blank. And here's what I want you to do with these. I want you to put this on a place where you're gonna see it often. Maybe you need to put it on your bathroom mirror, or you need to put it on your little computer desk at your office, or maybe you need to put it somewhere in your car, where every morning when you get in your car, you stop and see this, and you start praying for people. You start praying for redemption, and you start praying for awakening, and you start praying for yourself. This is an opportunity for us not just to pray for Vegas, but to pray specific prayers for vegas amen that's really what i want our church to be doing that we can at least say at the very minimum at walk church we didn't just pray for our city we prayed specifically for our city we prayed redemption over our city we prayed reconciliation over our city we prayed for real people in our city we prayed for spiritual awakening in our city spiritual awakening on UNLV's campus spiritual awakening in the high schools spiritual awakening here at schofield middle school spiritual awakening in the in the the professional team's locker room spiritual awakening in your home spiritual awakening all around start praying for spiritual awakening let's pray for that that we would wake up for such a time as this the days are evil church we got to be praying and we got to be acting and we got to be going for it amen don't you just want to go for it whatever it is just go for it and 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 when you go for it trust that God's gonna meet you right there because you're praying when you pray those prayers you can trust he'll respond he promised us he would take him at his word God I'm gonna take a step out of the boat will you meet me there he always meets you there so use this as a guide that's simply what it is we just want to create a guide for you To pray specific prayers. Some of our our college students are back just for a weekend. Would you take this back to your dorm room? Would you be praying specific prayers for our city? In Jesus' name. I'm going to lead us into a time of prayer and reflection right now. And then we're going to respond in a time of prayer.